putting they started getting people up on stage yeah and they dragged me up on stage and then of course they talked to you mm -hmm. and so as soon as i opened my mouth they're like oh you're fancy <laughs> oh no and everyone's looking and then the woman goes let's get some british songs on them <laughs> and i think they put on oasis and they were like we'd love you to sing oasis i'm like i don't i don't know how to sing oasis i can try but i mean you were already up there so i'm sure you like did your thing well, exactly <laughs> oh you're fancy i love that's such oh. an american thing for us to do and <laughs> I think it's a great way if we're recording. Have we started, Jay? Oh, yeah. This is great. <laughs> well, you are here for another episode of Individuality Unleashed. I'm Vern Trimble, Senior Director of Marketing and Communications at Wondercat. And I am sitting here with the lovely Louisa Nichols. Thank you for joining us, Louisa. Well, thank you for having me, Vern. Absolutely. Louisa Nichols is uh, an advisory board member and former CCO. She is here to chat with us today about rising digital costs, marketing team budget allocation, and the adoption of new marketing strategies. So I think it'll be a good one. Just a small topic. Just a little one, <laughs> like no biggie, you know. Um, as you guys can tell, we're in a new setting. Uh, if you're listening in to us, uh, I'm actually in London. Live so, from London. Yeah, this is actually my first time. I know. In, well, we were talking about uh, where to go yes. to get the full London experience. Right, and yeah. immediately... Uh, you know, like an ignorant American, like, where's Harry Potter world? Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Spent an hour out of London, Vern is definitely going to go. Right, you, you're in <laughs> the, the place that inspired Harry Potter, and I'm going to go right. to... <laughs> have a butter beer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have to have it. You have to have it. And just go to platform <laughs> nine and three quarters and do that thing. Right. Oh, man, I'm going I'm to literally geek <laughs> out, so... <laughs> I'll take pictures and I'll put them up on our I think I think you need to do a podcast just... Uh, Going around your experience in Harry Potter world. Oh, I thought a part of this podcast was us talking about... Oh, yes. <laughs> Ruining <laughs> no. the surprise. Yeah, we'll save, that. <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. But let's jump right in because I think we have a lot of interesting... Yeah, we obviously have a lot of interesting things to talk about. So first question, how have rising digital advertising costs on platforms like Google and Facebook impacted marketing budget and strategy for marketers? I think to answer that question, you need to, to kind of go a little bit back in time and... Yeah contextualize it around the pandemic and you know if you look at retail in in uh, specifically where all the, the stores closed and all sales then pivoted online suddenly marketeers were forced into a position where they had to take stock of their marketing spend and budget and say right okay where are we going to take that percentage that we spent supporting stores and driving footfall into stores and advertising and acquisition and where are we going to put it so that we can drive those sales online and so there was a huge shift overnight in adding more marketing budget to the likes of Google and mm -hmm. Facebook because these were really the only channels at that time right. that you could continue to, to drive traffic to the website. So I think during that period of time, these companies like Google enjoyed a huge uplift um, from the spend of, of, of brands across, across the world. And then, of course, once we started opening up again globally and marketeers then sort of were looking at their marketing budget and saying, right, okay, we need to take that percentage that we were spending online and we now need to proportion it around supporting all the other areas of our business. Mm -hmm. I think there was such a huge drop-off and a shift in, in focus that, you know, even now these, you know, Google and Facebook, they're struggling now to, to, to re-benchmark and rebalance after that period of time. But I think what that also did was for force marketeers to really get into the detail and the weeds of where they're spending their money mm. and really understanding as well the wider media landscape of where customers are consuming this content. And they realize, you know, things like um, YouTube and so advertisers were thinking more around how do you create 
bite-sized content, digestible content um, for consumers, right. um, rather than spending big budgets on, on above-the-line campaigns. Mm -hmm. And I think that has also opened up the narrative around what other third-party solutions are there out there that we can use and plug in so we spread the risk of dependency mm -hmm. on a few big channels and start testing and learning a bit more. And I think, I hope, that mentality continues around trying new things. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think what would be interesting for our listeners and viewers to know is in considering that mix that has to be applied because we are post-pandemic. Right. Like you, we have to have a broader mix. And obviously the prices of the cost of Google and Facebook are yeah. astronomical, yeah. to say yeah. the least. Fortune. D dude, it's nuts. <laughs> Where should marketers be putting their dollars specifically? Or sh should it be any one particular place? Or what, what do you recommend? I think it's it's that, I think you need to spread your spread your bets and spread your cost. But I think as well as it, it comes down to the profitability of, of the model. Mm -hmm. So, you know, rising costs in Google, if, if you can maintain that ROI, however you manage to do that, and that, that profitability, then rising costs, you should then see rising revenues if you can, if you, can you know, work within that model. But retailers and brands are finding more and more that they can't. And so what is the other solution? Mm -hmm. I think with the privacy um, piece coming in and people slightly nervous around actually putting their eggs, this is a very British term, I think, putting their eggs all in one basket. We say that in the Oh, end. you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Some synergy. Yeah. Um, but, but it's that, that mentality of actually we, we need to de-risk as much as, as, as we can. And as much as Google and Facebook and social media in general has, you know, TikTok came up and it, I think it was the fastest growing um, piece of social media ever, or social media company ever. Right, right. Um, with its adoption rates. These things can come in overnight, but they can also disappear overnight. Right, exactly. And so where do you focus so that you spread that bet? Because you don't want to be dependent on one one avenue for, for, for driving revenue and traffic. What would you say to a market that's like, you know what, I'm putting all my eggs in the TikTok basket? <laughs> is, that, is that a wise? Uh, you know what? The whole thing with Mark, you have to go where your customer is. So mm -hmm. if you are a brand mm -hmm. where your customer community is on TikTok, yes. then you absolutely need to start building your, your strategy for TikTok. If you are a brand where your customers aren't in that space, don't waste your money going in there mm -hmm. because you're not, you, you need to be where the customer is. You can't drag them to it. Mm -hmm. But this rise around communities, and that's another thing from the pandemic around localization and people wanting to be part of something. And when you look at the Gen Zs, they are all about purpose and value and mm -hmm. they want to be working for, associated with, and buying from companies that are very clear on their purpose and values mm -hmm. that match the consumers. And I think the more, the more brands can think about that in their third party portfolio and where they're spending their money and who they're working with, mm -hmm. I think that goes a long way in the eyes of the, the modern consumer. I agree. I think it's actually, I think consumers can be a bit fickle, especially with where they consume their content, which is totally fine. You have yeah. like MySpace, then Facebook, then Instagram, yeah. then Twitter, and TikTok. So they're not loyal. They're, they're not, not loyal. loyal, and you you need to be where they are. You need because, to be where yeah, they are. Yeah, otherwise you're just wasting your time. And and it then becomes a vanity project. Mm -hmm. So you know a lot of people want to say, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're across all social media platforms. But the smart ones say, no, you, you know, that's not for us. That doesn't work for us or, or this works for us. So there's no shame in saying actually Facebook is where our consumers are and really focusing on that. 
um, likewise on TikTok. But um, I think, yeah, you, you need to really understand your customer. So in addition to understanding where your customers are, what are some additional uh, factors when considering when to decide where to allocate marketing budgets and resources? Um, I think it's kind of, well, it's looking at it as in what's your always on strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then what are your kind of your firework moments? What are your moments throughout the year that you're really going to back? Um, so are they mini campaigns? Are there are they a few a year that you really do invest in? Um, but I think more and more marketeers are looking at that. It's slightly more boring, isn't it? Always on, yeah. always on marketing, yawn. <laughs> um, if you're a creative, you want to get involved in the right. big, exciting moments. But actually, it's, it, you're doing that at your detriment because, you know, customers are, are always on right. and you don't know when they're going to be on. So you need to be always on. Right. Um, so I think there is definitely that piece around what that looks like, but also the content strategy that underpins that. Mm-hmm. So where you're needing that constant flow, whether it be user generated content or purpose, you know, you, you purposely generated, uh, created it for whatever reason, you need that constant flow of content coming through. And then it needs to be seamless across such a buzzword, isn't it? Seamless end to end experiences. But it, it, it is true. Mm-hmm. It's that whole piece. Let's, let's dive into it, though, because I, one thing that I've just really been adamant about because um, I had a content here at Wondercat uh, is creating content that not only uh, provides entertainment, but also value. Yeah, I think they're you know, I think it's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Once you get to a place where you understand, like, I understand my customer. This is what they want to see. This is what they want to learn. What do I do with it? Yeah, that performance element of it. How should marketers be thinking about that? How do they deploy and proliferate the good content ideas that they assume that they're guessing because they haven't tested this stuff? Yet, right, will right. actually drive value for them, right. for the brand. Well, you've, you, you, I mean, you've touched on it there. It's about testing. It's mm-hmm. about testing and learning, and it's going out and it's talking to your customers. They'll tell you, and you know, the modern customer they like to be part of something. They like to feel like they are part of building a brand with you, and they're on that journey with you. So the content will speak for itself, and you know, the, the user generator side is really interesting. You can learn so much from what what are your consumers putting out there themselves, mm. and then what sort of content can you surface that then complements that? Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> there you go. You can have that one for free. <laughs> that, does, that, was, that was good. Because that requires you to step away from the dashboards right. and you know the yeah. performance metrics and really dive yeah. in to right. understand, truly understand yeah. your customers. Here's the thing. You can... You put some content out there and you can test it mm-hmm. forever. You know, you, you, you can have every dashboard going, but you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know what sort of content you could be putting out there unless you really understand your consumer and yeah. test and, and learn in that space. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's the what you don't know yet, but need to know. Yeah. And then iterate on that. I think that's great. It reminds me of, of, of a lot of the... Um the food industry brands in the United States uh, and their their Twitter and Instagram strategy. It's very within the modern culture. A lot of times they comment on viral videos. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's both entertaining and also speaks directly to their audience. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And you need to be bold and you need to be confident. Oh, so yeah. with this whole kind of cancel culture, you know, it, people are, people are taking a step back from doing what actually is is amusing and funny and relatable and it's just it's understanding what your brand tone of voice is Correct. working within those guidelines and then going out and doing something fun the um i was i, I saw the other day the um mcdonald's um 
ads. I don't I think I don't know whether they're UK ones or US, but a lot of people in the UK after they've had a big night out will go and get a McDonald's. So in London, for example, McDonald's was open till midnight. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people, obviously. But they've got they've got this, <laughs> this this suite of adverts now that they've changed. So it's can I have a Big Mac, please? But mm. they've changed it as if you said it drunk. So they've moved the letters around. It's really clever. Uh-huh. And you, it takes you a while. You read it and then you go, oh, my goodness, I'm sober. And I can still read what that I can still understand what that sentence is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really clever. So they're yeah. starting to push the, the boundaries a little bit in that. And it gets people talking. Yeah. In, in America, we are like, is that German? Is that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm American, so I can make fun of us. That. <laughs> I can't. I've, Loving Americans. Yes, <laughs> I think that's I think that's great. And when you when you have that combination of I understand the content strategy, I understand my audience, yeah, I understand where I can deploy to test, and then you get ready to deploy all of this thinking and all this strategizing, and you need money right to do it, and you're faced with a CFO or other members of the leadership team that say, well, I don't understand why we would put money. Uh-huh. behind this uh-huh. how should a market because they're they're dealing with it the, right. the majority of marketers are experiencing right now slashes in their budgets like aggressive slashes yeah yeah and it's going to hurt the bottom line so how should marketers approach uh the conversations with their senior leadership in order to uh gain a hold of that uh-huh. budget in order to do their jobs yeah yeah. And that, I mean, that that's if I had the silver bullet and, and um, answer to that, I think I'd be a billionaire, <laughs> written five books and yeah. I'd be off somewhere. But uh, but no, I, I think, you know what, for, for me, it comes down to it's very simple. You need to attach it to the wider strategy and vision. Mm-hmm. So if your company has a clear strategy with pillars, what are those pillars and how can you then align your piece of work? to underpin one of those pillars because you can guarantee that the leadership team one of them will be responsible for each of those right and if you can make them look good and you can build your strategy to support their wider vision that gives you a lot of traction mm-hmm. but when you're going in and talking to c-suites you need to do the work up front around getting some advocates around the table mm-hmm. that will advocate for what you're trying to do and really understand it mm-hmm. because you're not going to get everyone understanding marketing right. because that's not their job right that's right but you need to bring it it's all about the storytelling and it's ironic because that's what marketing is all about mm-hmm. um but you need to be able to do the storytelling internally so and understanding what each person's motivation is. So the CFO will probably feel like they understand marketing, but they're constantly looking at their bottom line and, and, and looking at, at where to cut. And, you know, the easiest, the, the biggest money, the, the biggest cost savings in a business is always going to be looking at the marketing budget and headcount. Yeah, that's true. You know, they're the first things that, that kind of will be, because they're the biggest, the biggest spend. Yeah. Um, and so you need to be able to, to, to demonstrate to the CFO that you've got a really strong hold on profit and you really know what that payback's going to be. And I think that's why certainly over the pandemic and coming out of it, there's been such a dependency on Google because you can attribute that to, if you're a retailer, you can attribute it to driving revenue and traffic. You know, that's, it's very clear cut and you don't really need to understand it too much right. and see those numbers. Yeah. Whereas when you're spending above the line in an advertising campaign, you've got someone trading going, yeah, but how is that, how is that impacting sales? Because exactly. I, I can't see that. And I think the, the, the situation we're in at the moment where 
everyone's focusing on the short term to get their businesses through this period of, you know, cost of living crisis, reducing consumer spend. It's very easy to say, right, OK, we'll just park the longer term strategy piece here. We just need to keep the lights on every week. But that's not the right move. It's absolutely not the right move. Mm-hmm. And I think what we'll see coming out of this period, as we did with COVID, the people that have set up the business in order to focus also on the long term are going to be absolutely the winners. Um, because I think these cycles of cost of living crisis or whatever it might be will be every couple of years now. And it's just you might get over the first one, but you're not going to get over the second and third hurdle. Mm -hmm. So you need to you need to sit back and rethink your strategy. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is then not looking at marketing in isolation and looking more broader across if Mm -hmm. you look at digital the whole digital ecosystem Mm -hmm. so that whole end-to-end piece and how it all maps in because you don't know at what point your consumer is going to be consuming your content or interacting with your brand but creating enough experiences that feel seamless and easy is going to i think is is definitely going to win the day that and and just inspiring people making them laugh yeah you know it's pretty grim out there at the moment so the back to the mcdonald's example it's quite it's funny it's funny it's pointless and silly but it's funny right and it's it's not taking itself too seriously i talk i talk about that often i was actually on a a podcast myself recently i talked about the importance of entertainment as a part of our it's a part of our remit a part of our mandate yeah let's make life fun let's make it fun we're not here (laughs) for that length of time on this land let's let's make let's make it fun absolutely 100 percent. i agree 100 (laughs) percent. so considering that what are what would you consider the biggest challenges facing marketers today and how can they overcome them? Oh, that's, a, that's a big question, Vern. I think that there is definitely the budget. There is definitely the budget challenge. I think thinking... It's the all-round marketeer. So, you know, historically, you've got people that are very good at advertising, people that are creative, people that are, you know, into performance marketing. And I don't don't think that goes anymore. You, You have to know it all. You have to understand the entire ecosystem. You can't just be in isolation just doing advertising. Right, yeah. You need to understand that whole, that whole thread. And I think with young marketeers coming in and and you know growing their experience in the industry it's i personally look out for people that have done roles in various different areas of marketing not mm-hmm. just one and i think then you get into the debate around the cmo versus the cco and what that looks like and you then start thinking of marketing a little bit differently than the usual silos and different departments and mm-hmm. actually everything is marketing and everything is content yeah. so if you're a digital designer if you're in ux if you're designing for front-end websites and apps in essence you are you're representing marketing you are marketing as well because you are putting the face of the brand and the business to the consumer Absolutely. and so you then think much broader than that and i think the one of the biggest challenges is if companies continue to work in silos have a marketing department a digital department and you need something that brings it all together because it's just it just doesn't work like that anymore it's so interesting it, it sounds like it sounds like something that we've all heard before but i think it's one of those things where if you, you get it when you get it yeah but like breaking down silos yeah we've all heard this we've right heard it in school we've yeah. heard it at work we've yeah. heard it here we've heard it at a job like we're all we've all heard it but true words have not True words have never been spoken in terms of mar- a marketer's ability to drive success for their business. If a marketer, to your point, 
is not prioritizing and being pragmatic about creating unity between yeah. separate interdepartmental unity between teams to drive revenue and value together, they're right. going to fail by themselves. Right. And it's a different mindset, isn't it? It's not, it's, it's, it's not about ownership. Mm. So, you know, his, so it, people get very precious. You hear that term kingdom building. It's no, I own that. Well, mm. here's the thing you don't. No Correct. one owns digital. No right. one owns. So there's um, Bud Caddle. He's a, he's a guy from the States, actually. Mm. He, he, I think he's, he runs an agency. But I always steal his, um, <laughs> his kind of um, catch line, which is, or phrase. It's, um, there's, there is no digital strategy. There's just strategy in a digital world. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit like marketing. You know, everyone's responsible for how the brand comes across to the consumer. Everyone should be thinking digital first, mm -hmm. whether they're creating a proposition, whether they're marketing something, everything. We're even coming up with a, a new brand logo. Yeah. It all has to be digital. It has to be digital first. Yeah. And if you don't think in that way, I think you get singled out very quickly as a bit of a dinosaur now. Mm -hmm. But it all comes from the top. as. You get you have more of, of millennials getting into more senior positions. They understand and have grown up in you know the, the digital native world more. And then of course the younger generations coming up, they don't know any different. You'll naturally see that progression. I think mm -hmm. so. I think there is a challenge for people, you know, real senior leaders that are you know at the ends of their careers. It's how do they upskill themselves to understand this modern world. Absolutely. And I think the adage that, w that we were actually chatting about before we, before we started the, the show today, uh, I think you said it takes a village. Yes. Is what yeah. you said. To raise a child. Right. Exactly. It takes a whole company to, to land a, a, a marketing campaign or a new app or a new solution, whatever it might be. It's not just owned by one department and, yeah. it, and it can't be. You, you'll fail. Right. You'll fail overnight if that's the case. But people have to be open. Um, so it's, yeah, there's a lot of different elements to it, yeah. cogs, that when it all comes together. I mean, we, we sit here and make it sound very easy, don't we? No, we do. <laughs> We've got it all We obviously do it all, 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 all through our teams, but, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, that, that's Nirvana. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we've seen it. We've, we've seen it time and time again. And hopefully what we're presenting today is valuable insight that will help other teams that may be struggling, that are looking for, especially as we're, we're dealing with, the challenges with the economy, the uh, right. challenges with privacy, the challenges with cookie deprecation, like you kind of take a step back to your point and reassess that full funnel, yes. that full channel yeah. of, of marketing. Yeah. Um, Louisa, I just want to thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today. It's been a great pleasure. Yes, I, I feel like this has been such a fun conversation. I'm going to go to Harry Potter land. Yes. <laughs> Promise me that. Roast, roast dinner at a pub. On Sundays. On Sundays, mm -hmm. yeah. So we'll, we'll figure out a pub for you to go to. Yes. And then the next episode that, uh, that you're a part of, I'm going to show you pictures. Amazing. I look forward to that. Thank you so much, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Again, that's another episode <laughs> of Individuality Unleashed.